0: Glory to God. If you brought your Bibles with you tonight, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. I think after that we'll be going to 1 Peter 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4. Isn't it wonderful to be saved? Enjoy the goodness of the Lord, fellowship of the saints how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 1 Corinthians 12 and uh, 13. Well, 12 goes with it. Verse 12. As the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. The body of Christ... Is very similar to the human body. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's what happens when you're born again. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, makes no difference who you are, where you come from. You need to be born again. You believe that? And have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now that's been filled with the spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say because I'm not the hand. I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Well certainly the foot's just as much a member as the hand is. And certainly no less important than the hand. If the ear shall say because I'm not the eye. I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Well, certainly it's just as important as the eye. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Well, it wouldn't be any. If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Now, let me say it like this. What if all the body parts were trying to be an eye? What if the ears were so busy trying to see, they quit trying to hear? Hmm? But now, verse 18, has God set the members, every one of them, how many? Every one one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Now has God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. We've been on a series for some weeks now we call Graces and Places. And we've already covered a lot of ground. If this is your first time uh, hearing a part of this series, then we encourage you to catch up on everything that's gone before because what we'll get into tonight is built on that. And how many know if you come in the middle of a course and you didn't hear the beginnings of it, you could not be understanding everything? You need to learn some adding and subtracting before you get into uh, geometry. True? Yes. And so one thing's built upon another. If you're here in the building, you can go back into Word Supply and get materials no charge. If you're watching online, you can download it at no charge. Get caught up with us. We've covered a lot of ground already. We went to Scripture after Scripture that showed every one of us has a place in the body and every one of us has grace. Gift are gifts that enable us To be the uh, member of the body and to do the job that that member is supposed to do in the body of Christ. We don't all fit in three slots. You don't have a, a triangle and a circle and a square. And somebody says, which one are you? Well, no, the body is not triangular, circular, or square. The body is. Eyes, ears, nose, lungs, heart, sinew, joint, toes, fingers, elbows, knees, body parts. Many and varied. And I like all of mine. And want to keep all of mine. I want every one of mine to work. How about you? Wonder about Jesus. Wonder if he wants all his body parts to work how many know the human body is fearfully and wonderfully made it is an amazing creation you look at what athletes can do some of the feats they can achieve but how many know for that runner to run that fast for that person to jump that high swim like that hit that ball like that they have to have a lot of body parts working right and working in harmony and unity their bodies cannot have rifts and divisions if an Olympic athlete's body is in disagreement with itself and the lower part is not working with the upper part and the left leg is not working with the right leg no way are they going to play like that. Are they going to run like that or reach that level? The body parts all, even the ones they'll never see or never be aware of, the little glands and the little attachments of sinew and, and joint and bone, every little piece is working. When they're running like that, when they're jumping like that, when they're hitting or they're swimming like that, I mean, how I many know there is a flurry of activity in that body? And it's working. And you just take one part and let it not function to full capacity. And it'll affect other parts. And then the body will have to compensate for that. And just immediately, there's no way they're going to break any records. That day. Did you hear me? Well does the body of Christ. Does the head of the body. Want every member. In its place. Operating in its grace. At full capacity. What could the body of Christ. Under the direction of the head of the body. Accomplish in this earth. At full capacity. Oh. The job would get done and we'd get out of here. <laughs> Every member has been placed not as the person's parents chose, not as the person themselves decided, but as God, as it has pleased him. Go with me to 1 Peter 4, please. 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter and the fourth chapter first peter 4 and verse 10 says as every man has received the gift even so minister the same the same what the gift that you've received minister that gift to who one To another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That means he had a gift to speak. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. As every man has received the gift, has every one of us in the body of Christ received a gift or gifts, grace or graces? Have we? What are they for? What are these graces for? Put the scripture up there again. As every man has received the gift, what do you do with it? Somebody say minister. 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 Now this word minister, ministering, ministers, ministry, has been used so much in church circles that, you know, if you hear something a lot, you tend not to pay attention to it. It just becomes part of the furniture. (laughs) You know, it's always around. But ministry, if you look it up, let me read it to you, make sure I've got it right, in the Greek, it literally means to attend to, to attend to, and it literally means to wait on. And I think in our modern vernacular, that's probably the best phrase I'm aware of right now, to wait on. And it is used specifically referring to waiters. Just like we go out to the restaurant. And there is a waiter. Waitress. Wait person. And what does the wait person do? They wait on you. How do they wait on you? They attend to you. To your requests. And it is a service, isn't it? What does it mean, minister? It means to wait on. It means to attend to a couple of other phrases you'll see. To run errands. To serve. To me, one of the clearest pictures in the Bible of this word and this concept is in the book of Acts. When they needed somebody to wait tables. Look uh, in the book of uh, Acts. Over at the uh, 6th chapter. Acts 6 and verse 1. It says, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians. They hadn't heard that teaching yet, I guess, on Thanksgiving victory. <laughs> this is in the early days of the church. Their widows were neglected in the, the daily what? ministry. Now let's just stop right here. This is the nature of the flesh. The nature of the unrenewed mind, which is the nature of the unsaved person. That when something's wrong, what do you do? You gripe about it. Did you hear what nature this is? Unsaved people. (laughs) Saved people are not supposed to act like this. How many understand this is faithless? Isn't it? Our widows are not being taken care of properly. Why don't you believe God and take care of them then? Well, I think the church ought to do this, and I think the church ought to Well, who are you? You is the church. That's one thing I am so pleased, I didn't say proud, <laughs> but I am so pleased with you, with this church, about. Uh, we were endeavoring to check on some folks when it was so cold, you know, temperatures had plummeted a few days back, make sure everybody's okay and they got power and they can stay warm. And person after person that we checked on that did need something, some of you had already taken care of. And that's just better. I said, that's better. Because that's you loving your brother. That's you using your faith. That's you you being led and hearing from God. And that's you that will get the reward. I am so pleased about that. I'd give you a star if I could. Put one right on your forehead. You say, what is that? My pastor gave me a star. (laughs) No, I believe it pleases the Lord, don't you? That's the way it ought to be. But see, that's what faith does. Faith won't gripe and blame somebody and try to get somebody to fix it. That's looking at them, making them your source. What will faith do? Well, they won't help us and they won't do anything about it. You say, no biggie. We'll believe God and do it ourselves. Don't call them again. We got it. We got this. That's how faith does. And I don't mean bitter against them. Just no problem. We'll believe God. But unbelief going to gripe going to complain. The twelve called the multitude of the disciples to them and they said it's not reason, it's not reasonable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. That's not a matter that they thought they were too good to serve tables. They didn't say this is beneath us what they say. It's not reasonable. And it's not, oh friend I could preach right here. It is not reasonable that pastors are doing everything and you got a church full of people doing nothing. I know pastors, friends of mine, good people love the Lord, but they wear their self out doing things that any number of their folks could and should be doing. And they want to be a good pastor, and so they just run theirself ragged, and don't realize it's taking the anointing off of them, because they're wore out. When they get to the pulpit, they haven't given themselves adequately to the word and to prayer, because they're busy doing this other stuff. Because they want everybody to know, I don't think I'm too good to do that. It's got nothing about you thinking you're too good. It's just not reasonable that a church full of people do nothing. And three people try to do everything. Is it reasonable? Help me out. No. It's not. And so they said, Brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. How many know you need to be full of the Holy Ghost and you need to be full of wisdom to wait tables? True or not? You need to be full of the Holy Ghost And full of wisdom to park cars. Hmm? And clean restrooms. See, there's been wrong thinking. There's been wrong thinking. People have thought, well, you know, this is a menial task. You don't need any special skill. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom to do everything that every member in the body of Christ should be doing. And if it's for the Lord and for His things, there is no such thing as an insignificant task or an important job. If it's helping the kingdom some way, if it's helping the saints some way, if it's helping the church, if it's helping get the word out, it's important. And you need to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom to do it. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And the say and the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. A man full of faith. And the Holy Ghost. And Philip. Prochorus. Nicanor. Timon. Parmenas. Nicholas. Laid their hands on him, And these guys took care of it. The word sir, uh, minister here. Is where we get out. One of these words. Is where we get our word deacon from. And it's very interesting that in probably well over half the churches in the country, the deacons run the church. And some of them use this verse to say, well, we will uh, choose out men that we'll set over this business. So then we're supposed to take businessmen and let them run the business of the church. Set over what business? The business of waiting tables. See how people take scripture and just twist it around, and make it say everything? It's sad. You've got people that got no call on their life to be leaders. Just because you made some money in business does not qualify you to make the decisions on a spiritual ministry. It's so sad the way some things are done and uh, the results or the lack of results are are the result yes. <laughs> but this is the perfect picture of ministry the word literally means to wait on to attend to serve and This is near and dear to our master's heart. Is it or not? Oh, friend. Remember right before he went to the cross? What did he do? They're at meal. They're eating. He gets up. He takes off his outer garments. He pours water. He washes their feet. Didn't he? He's dipping food and handing it to people. Peter said, no way, you're going to wash my feet. You are not my waiter. You are not my server. Only servers, the lowliest, do this. Jesus said, well, you don't understand what we're doing, but you'll understand it later. He said, you're never going to wash my feet. He said, well, if I don't, you won't have any part with me. One thing I like about Peter, it didn't take him long. To, but he said, uh, okay, he said, not just my feet, my hands, my head, wash me. But the Lord did that, and it was hard on them to let him minister to them, serve them. Did you hear that phrase, friend? It was, was it hard on Peter? To let the one he respected so much minister. What what does minister mean? Wait on. Serve him. But he got up and he said, you call me master and Lord. And you say, right. That's who I am. But if I, your Lord and master, have done this to you, you should do this with each other. And you're going to be happy if you do it. Happy if you do what? If you serve each other. Put that scripture up again, that 1 Peter 4 we looked at earlier. What is it, verse 10? 1 Peter 4, 10, is that what it is? As every man has received the gift. Does every one of us have a place in the body of Christ? Every one of us has a gift. Something that enables us to be that body part. What should you do with it? Minister, now you know what the word means even clearer, right? What does it mean? Wait on, attend to, serve each other with that gift and be a good steward of that grace. If you don't use that to serve and minister to each other, you're wasting what he gave you. You're not being a good steward of it. Go with me to Matthew 20, please. Matthew, the 20th chapter. We do want understanding in our minds, but that ought not be the main thing you're looking for. Tonight, any service, any time. The main thing is the, the supply of the Spirit getting in your spirit. And that's beyond your head. There's anointing in these words that is the wisdom of God, that is the plan of God. And if you'll be open to it and receive it, it'll come inside you and change you. You'll see things differently. It'll change your desires. It'll change your priorities. And the Lord Jesus said, come, learn of me. Learn who I am, what I am. I am meek. Does that mean weak? Does that have anything to do with weak? No, no, no. no. In fact, the meekest are the strongest every time. Pride is an indicator of weakness. People get harsh and hard and haughty and proud because they're so insecure. When you know who you are, you know who your God is. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody. You're secure. Glory to God. (laughs) When you become like Him, you want to serve. I said you want to serve. Matthew 20, did you find it? There are, I guess, at least a couple of different teachings on this we're about to read in every gospel account. This is so important. It occurs repeatedly in each account. Matthew 20 and 21. Well, verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, Worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And Jesus said to her, uh, what wilt thou? What do you want? She said to him, would you grant that these my two sons may sit the one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom? Jesus answered and said, you know not what you ask. You know, we don't know how great the coming kingdom is. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. And they didn't have a clue what they were saying. And he said to them, well, okay, you will drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren because they didn't think to ask first. (laughs) That's not in there, but... But Jesus called them to him. Now listen to the words of the master. How many of know this wouldn't be any more true if Jesus himself appeared in front of you right here tonight and said this to you? Wouldn't be any more true, any more powerful. You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. minister. Tell me what minister means. Your waiter. Your server. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give. His life a ransom for many. It was Jesus interested in serving. He said, that's why I came. Oh, friend, there is, there is great revelation in these words. Jesus, he said, I didn't come to get a bunch of people to serve me. Think about that. I didn't come. That sounds almost strange and wrong to us, doesn't it? Well, sure, Jesus came so everybody would serve him. He said different. He said, I came to serve. You know, not only did he come and lay down his life for us, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He is representing you and me at the right hand of majesty right now, tonight, and He will tomorrow, and the next day. Is He serving us? He's representing us. In the kingdom of God, the greatest of all is the servant of all. True or not? Am I quoting Jesus? Who is the greatest of all? Jesus. So what else must he be? Let me read this to you from the New Century Version, the NCV. Jesus called all the followers together, and he said, You know that the rulers of the non-Jewish people have to show their power over the people. they got to do what? they got to show their power. And their important leaders love to use all their authority. Have you ever seen anybody that liked being in charge? (laughs) That enjoyed telling people what to do and being over them? That's the nature of the flesh. You can be like that yourself. I can be like that myself if we'll yield to the flesh. It's just the nature of the flesh. But he said it should not be that way among you. Whoever wants to become great among you, And see, that was their deal, wasn't it? Weren't they wanting to be the greatest in the bunch? Must serve the rest of you like a servant. Whoever wants to become first among you must serve the rest of you like a slave. In the same way, the Son of Man did not come to be served. Am I reading this right? What did he say? I didn't come to be served. Now, do you want to serve him? Jesus. Oh, yeah. But he said, that's not why I came. He came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many people. So if you say, I am a Christian, Christian, the Christ is my Lord, my Master, He is my example. I seek to emulate, to be just like Him. Then you seek to serve? I said you seek to serve. You get up thinking about serving. And you go to bed thinking about serving. And we're not talking about serving yourself. <laughs> or serving money. How many believe the Lord's way is the best way? It's going to be the most fun way. It's going to be the most exciting way. The Holman translation, let me read that to you, Holman translation, I don't know if they have that one back there or not, but I'll read it to you. Jesus called them over, and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them, and the men of high position exercise power over them. Now, this is the nature of the devil. Have you ever heard anybody say, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, he won't force you, he won't make you do it? That's true. Well the enemy on the other hand. He will if he can. He'll try to force you. He wants to control you. You see the wrong spirits. Manifested in corrupt. And evil oppressive. Governments. And tyrants. Throughout the ages and throughout the world. I'm going to make you do it. You are going to do. What I say. If you don't. I will make you. I will force you. That is the devil. I said that is the devil. I've had preachers argue with me and say well I'll tell you one thing. God's almighty and he's all powerful and if he wants you to do something then by God you're going to do it. had a preacher tell me that one time. I just looked at him and said no he won't. yes he will. You want to say, well, why don't he make you act right? (laughs) Maybe get saved. I don't know. And that is the big deal. If God was going to make anybody do anything, help me out. What would he do? We're talking about eternity here. He would make them get saved. He would make them receive Jesus and be born again and not perish. Wouldn't he? Yes. Does he do that? No. no. So if he doesn't do that, he's not going to make them do anything. And that's why all the pain and anguish is in the planet, is because man has a free will. And men and women have chosen to ignore God and do evil things, and the wages of sin is death. But. It's not going to last much longer. (laughs) Soon and very soon. We'll all be out of here and all this stuff will be over. The Bible said there will be no more curse. No more pain. No more suffering. No more crying. No more sorrow. No more. Think about it. No more hospitals. No more cemeteries. No more funerals. No more mental institutions. No more long black hearses, no more tombstones, no more. It'll be a thing of the far, far distant past. Isn't that amazing? What will we do with ourselves? It'll be good. What we're talking about here tonight is not just a high, lofty ideal. Live a life of service instead of selfishness. No, no. This goes way beyond that. This is the nature of your father. This is the nature of your Lord. And elder brother Jesus. This is who they are. This is what they are. The spirit. Who indwells you. Seeks. To serve. If you let him. Influence you. And direct you. You will become. An excellent servant. You will excel at attending to and helping and waiting on. You say, what about you, preacher? You have people that help you. What do you think I'm doing right now? I have cooked all day. Are you listening to me? I looked up 800 scriptures for you. <laughs> Did you hear me? And prayed and searched and said, That needs a little more faith. <laughs> that needs a little more joy right there. That's. A, And you just come in here and plop down and go. (laughs) Come on, come on. And it is the joy of my life. I said it is the joy of my life. It brings a tear of joy to my eye. When I leave a place and the pastor says, Brother Keith, you helped us. Brother Keith, you helped us. My people got some answers. Oh, Brother Keith. When I hear them read a testimony, I got in that series and it set me free from fear. I had fear all my life. Set me free. You helped me, Brother Keith. That means the Lord let me serve. He let me attend. He let me. I didn't come up with faith. I didn't come up with the gospel. I didn't come up with freedom from fear. Jesus bought all this. He paid for all this. But I get to help serve it. Huh? I get to help serve it. That's the heart of the master. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's why he came. He's serving me and you tonight. We have a man. A man. In a flesh and bone body. Not blood. Flesh and bone glorified. Who calls us brother. Claims us. acknowledge that he knows us. Some of you got relatives that won't even do that. <laughs> that represents you. At the throne, the most high authority in the universe represents you. He's there night and day for you and for me. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Is he still serving us? Is he still ministering to us? Oh, then if we really are his and his nature and spirit is in us, that ought to be our heart. We ought to live to serve. Shouldn't we? Instead of wanting the people to bow down, kowtow to us, follow us around, hold our briefcase, or wait on us hand and foot. How many of them, that's wrong? That's wrong. Now sometimes you need to, the Lord has led people to do something for you you need to let them, allow them to do it. Remember that's what Peter was going through, wasn't it? But you ought not, you know, seek that to help make you feel big. And if somebody serves you, you ought to be humble enough to receive it. But then you'd be able to turn around and serve them next in some way. Mm -mm -mm. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve. And to give his life a ransom For many. You're there in Matthew 20. Go to 23. And let me just answer again a question. Some people have not understood. Why I have said some things I've said. But maybe this will. Clarify some of it. In Matthew 23. And verse. uh, I'm going to read verse 8. But let me just. Introduce it a little bit. He was talking to them. The Pharisees, because he said they love the high seats. They love the uppermost rooms and the chief seats. And they do everything they do to be seen of men. And verse 7, verse 6 said they love. They love the chief rooms. They love the chief seats. And they love the greetings in the marketplaces. And they love to be called rabbi. They love to be called rabbi. Rabbi. Verse 8. Now are these red letters? What did Jesus say? Be not ye called Rabbi. What does that mean? Hmm? Don't do it. Am I reading this right? Yeah. Don't do it. Be not ye called Rabbi. Rabbi for one is your master. Christ and all you are brethren is it all right to call each other brother yeah we see that in the epistles we see the apostles and different ones calling each other that keep reading verse 9 and call no man your father upon the earth should I take that seriously or just ignore that If the Lord said don't call people your father on the earth what should you do Now this is not this is not saying you can't refer to the man who's your natural father as your father uh Paul talked about this he said uh, though you have 10,000 instructors You don't have many fathers. I'm the one that uh, begat you in the gospel. So he's saying he is a father to them. So would it be all right for them to call him a father? He is a father. (laughs) I don't know right now. I know. just, just, Just hold on. Read the next part. Maybe this will become clearer. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. And he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So the spirit of this is people that are exalting themselves. To me, the key word here is title. Everybody say title. 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 In Luke, hold your place here and go to Luke again. I should have had you hold that. Luke twenty two, or they can just put it up on the screen for us. The complete Jewish Bible says it like this. Complete Jewish Bible, Luke twenty two, twenty four. Twenty two twenty four. Said an argument arose among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Other place it said a, a fight broke out an argument bro they they're not just discussing this they've gotten upset about this about what see jesus has talked about the kingdom the kingdom the kingdom and they have seen him and they believe it and of course they're thinking more a natural kingdom like the roman kingdom or david's kingdom that they know about from history and they're more naturally minded than spiritual. But they believe it. If he says there's going to be a kingdom. They believe it. And so they're lining up. For important positions. In the kingdom. And how many know there is a kingdom. And we will rule and reign with him. It's the truth. It ought to be more real to us. And then one of them said. Well I'm going to be. I'm going to be uh, high up. In the kingdom. The other one said. Well you're not going to be over me. And I said, "Well, I think I am. You know, I was part of this three days before you were. <laughs> remember Jesus come by and, and told us to come follow Him, and that was like X amount of days before you come along. <laughs> Inside that, I've worked harder, and I'm going to. Another I said, I, "No, you're not. No, you. Maybe you were three days ahead of me, but I did this and I did that, so I ought to be uh, your boss." And over you, listen, no, ain't no way you're going to be my boss. I'll tell you that right now. And they're not just scholastically discussing this. They get heated. They get in an argument. They get in a fight about it. Are you listening to the word? But the master said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those in authority over them are given the title. Did you hear this? They're given what? The title. Benefactor. But not so with you. I understand that the Lord is telling us. Don't use titles. To honor yourself. Don't use titles. To lord it over other people. And to reassert yourself above them. Don't use titles. And when I heard that some years ago, and I began looking, I thought, well, now, I was reminded immediately, well, what about the Apostle Paul? And the Lord prompted me, he said, find any place where he ever referred to himself as the Apostle Paul. And I searched and searched and could not. He referred to himself as an Apostle. But never the Apostle Paul. I lost some folks already, I know. Let me remind you of how he did refer to himself and how the others did refer to themselves. I'll just read it to you. Don't turn there. Titus 1 1. He starts off the letter. Paul, a what? A servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Apostle means a sent one. See, people have turned these things into titles and their job descriptions. It just describes what the Lord's doing with him. He sent him. Remember these missionary trips we've got maps of in the back of the Bible? Well, that's the Lord sending them. But he doesn't use a title. In James. James 1.1. 1, 1, James 1.1. 1, 1, sounds very familiar. Says James. A servant. Of God. And. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember. Notice this. They mention servant. Before they mention apostle. Look at another one. 2 Peter 1.1. Second 1, Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, not the great apostle Peter, what? Just Simon, me, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not Father Peter, not Rabbi Peter, not Master Peter, not Apostle Peter, not even Pastor Peter. That's why I don't use a title. Well, aren't you a pastor? Yes, I am. I'm also a sent one. The Lord sent us to Branson. But I'm not the anything. They never said they were. The apostle. He's an apostle. He's the sent one to the Gentiles. Everybody has their scope. Their assignment. But these are not supposed to be positions of prestige. They're stations of service. Yeah. Are y'all with me now? Yeah. And it helps you in your own thinking to not emphasize titles. Now I know some people don't like what I've said already because they, you know, well, ain't nothing wrong with me using the title. I am a reverend. I am pastor, so they're gonna use the title. But it doesn't, to me, it, it's not doing what the Lord said to it. He said don't use titles. But then also, it takes away from the servant mentality. It sounds like I'm Father so-and-so. You should serve me. I'm Apostle so-and-so. I'm Prophet so-and-so. That sounds like I'm looking for service. And, you know, this is actually going over better than it has in other places other times. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you understand in your heart about it. But, that you know, I think you ought to take what the Lord said about it seriously, shouldn't you? If he said don't say this and don't be called this, you need to get settled on what that means. On, right. I'm happy with what I do. Revelation. John refers to himself as the Lord's servant a servant of God Paul said servant of God James said servant of God Peter said servant of God John said servant of God would you think it'd be right for you and me to say who are you Keith Moore servant of God (laughs) your name John Smith Betty Johnson what who You may be an apostle, you may be a prophet, you may be a pastor, but you don't need to use that as a title, that's a job description. You are a servant of God. Now here's the big deal. If you are a servant of God, you serve the saints. There's no such thing as serving God and you don't serve the saints. Did you hear me, friends? Go to Colossians, the third chapter, since we're all so excited right now. Let me get this to you. (laughs) Don't get sidetracked or distracted by any of this. What's the main thought here tonight? Anybody know? What's the main thought? Serve. Serve, a heart to serve, a desire to serve. Are you a member in the body of Christ? Do you have graces and gifts? For why? Why? To serve. To serve Colossians and three third chapter and the twenty second verse Servants Now when you read that do you immediately perk up and go, Yes? <laughs> or do you think that's talking about somebody else? <laughs> Well, I hope after tonight, when you hear the word serve, you immediately know, that's me. That's me talking about me. I'm a servant. How many think you'd be in good company with uh, Paul and James and Peter hmm? and Jesus in serving, being a servant? He said, servants? Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily, he refers to the heart again, as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now he started out talking about doing things for men, didn't he? And then you wind up saying, because you're serving the Christ. You're serving the Christ in doing this for the men? Yes. Yes. That's how you serve the Lord. Is in serving the saints. You cannot serve the Savior without serving the saints. Anybody with me? So how will you know somebody is really serving the Lord? They are really serving the saints. Because the Lord in heaven. What does he need? He doesn't need any clothes. He doesn't need any money. He doesn't need to be healed. He doesn't need the gospel preached to him. He doesn't need any bills paid. But he's got kids that need it. I said he's got kids that need it. And I know mean, if you did it. Even to the least of those. You did it to him. Glory to God. You're doing it to the Lord. Now notice this word heart. Heart. Listen to these. Don't turn to these. But listen to Romans 1.9. Romans 1.9 says. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. How does he say I serve? I serve with my spirit. In the gospel of his son. Romans 12. And 10. 10. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Say that last two phrases out loud with me. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Say it again. Fervent in spirit, serving the lord can you serve the lord without serving the saints i'm telling you you cannot if you don't think that's right don't take my word for it search it out diligently because many are missing it in this area there are people that think they can unhook from humanity and isolate themselves and serve god by living a life of of abstinence And perfecting themselves in holiness. They are confused. We are the light of the world. We are sent into the world. To be the light. Did you hear me? We're not told to withdraw to ourself and isolate ourself. We're told to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. That's serving people. Isn't it? It's a lie. It's confusion. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shut up and, and pray night and day, and serve the Lord that way. I'm just gonna pull up and develop my own spirituality and and serve. No, praying is wonderful and good, and yes, you can you can serve that way. But what's going to happen if you really do it is you're going to get things when you pray, and then it'll be time for you to go out and do what you got in prayer. I lost some folks right there. I'm I'm sorry, but it's the truth, friends. You're not an island unto yourself. You don't just close up and close off, and that's the only way you serve the Lord. If your life is not touching the saints and helping them some way, you're kidding yourself. That's the temptation, is to serve yourself. And people try to make spiritual excuses for it. Well, I don't like being around people. and <laughs> Uh Uh-huh. Those are the Lord's kids you're talking about. And he loves them. In spite of all their junk. And if he loves them and accepts them. It ought to be good enough for you. That you say, well, Lord. You say, well, man, they need a lot of help. Well, great. Get to helping them. Let the Lord use you. And if you can't help them. They don't want to receive your help. Then let the Lord use you to help somebody that will. But don't quit. And don't close off. And don't withdraw. And don't focus on yourself. How can I say this, Lord? It's easy in a person trying to become more spiritual to become self-centered. Did you hear me, friends? They think, well, I'm doing spiritual stuff. Yeah, but you're thinking about what you want to see and what you want to get and what you want to receive. And it's you, 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 you. And it's deception. And while you're focusing, trying to get all this for you, you're not helping anybody. Actually, many times, neglecting your responsibilities in the name of being spiritual. You're not doing your job as a, as a dad or a, a mother or a husband or a wife or an employee. And that's a bad witness. I said, that's a bad witness. And what's worse is people say, well, the Lord told me to do it. And they're just lying. I'm not telling you this to to try to judge anybody except ourselves, but it's not about the details. It's about this heart. Did you see that word heart? From the heart. Fervent in spirit. Heart. If you'll just give the Lord this, He'll begin to open up opportunities right and left. Just try it on for size tonight. Say it out loud I want to serve. I want to serve. I want to serve you, Lord. And I know know to do that, that. I serve your people. I want to serve your people. I want to serve my brothers. I I want to serve my sisters. I want to be of service service. to the church, to To your body. body. Do you? Do you have a heart for that? Do you desire that? I'm telling you, that's what you were saved for. That's what you and I were saved for. That's what we were healed for. That's what we not not just so we could watch eight hours of TV without pain. <laughs> we have been healed so we can serve. God's getting us out of debt so we can serve. He delivered you from drugs so you can serve. Not so you can hide away by yourself night and day and be spiritual. Yes, pray. Yes, get quiet. Yes, seek God. But if you do it right, you're going to get something. I said, you're going to get something. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you opportunity. And you're going to be able to leave that place and help somebody. Yes, you. We say, well that's not my ministry yes it is <laughs> yes it is it's every one of us ministry this is not brother Keith talking now we read it in our text as everybody how many as every man has received the gift what do you do with it get off to yourself and develop in it no. that's not what it said no. put the verse back up please First Peter 4.10 ten. First Peter 4.10 As every man has received the gift, do what? Even so, minister the same one to another. Minister what? To yourself. No, one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What does minister mean? Serve Look look at a couple of wonderful examples in the book of Luke. Turn over there. Maybe you'll get happier about this. Luke 4. How many folks in the world are wanting to make it big? Hmm? And become somebody big so other people wait on them. Make a lot of money. Make it big. Other people wait on me. Somebody, I never have to cook, never have to clean my own clothes. Somebody put my shoes on for me. I even get somebody to comb my hair. I just wake up and be wonderful. <laughs> and have a lot of people orbiting my brightness. Now you're laughing, but. What do stars want to be in the, you know, music world, in the entertainment field, being an actor, being a super successful business person or head of a company, a whole lot of that's there, isn't it? How would you know you've arrived? Well, everybody waits on me. But who's the greatest of all? Help me out. The master, Jesus. Did he come to be served? No, he said, I came to serve. One of the last things he did is he got there and washed their feet. Didn't he? As a demonstration. And this is not, oh, religion has taken this and twisted this. And people with false humility. Have you ever heard somebody that was just too sweet? Do you know what I mean by that or not? Oh, brother. No, no, no. Let me serve you. And they only do it when somebody's watching. It's not real. Look at this. Luke 4. 38, I believe it is. I'm believing that the spirit of this is rising up in our heart. Our thinking will begin to be filled with it. Luke 4 and 38, Jesus arose out of the synagogue and he entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. They besought him for her. He stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. Hmm? And the rest of the day, they sat around and held her hand and patted her forehead and said, How do you feel, sister? Hmm? Doesn't this minister to you? This woman, the, Luke's a doctor. And he's using a descriptive term when he says great fever. I mean, she's not running a few degrees. She's delirious. She's out of her head. She's near death. And ask the Lord, please minister to her. Do what? Minister. <laughs> Serve her. Attend to her. Wait on her. Bring her. What does a waiter do? waiter brings you what you need. Brings you what you want. Hmm? Brings you fresh hot bread with some honey. Well, sometimes bread's not what you need. You need healing, and healing just happens to be the children's bread. And they said, Lord, Peter's—that's his mother-in-law, right? She, uh, oh, she's in a bad way. Could you serve her some healing? And the Lord did. Oh, come on, can you get a picture of this? He did. He rebuked that fever. Years ago, I, I had read this and read and read over it. And, and I read it and I thought, no, wait, wait, wait. Jesus is not praying. He's not talking to the Father at all. He's not talking to Peter. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's talking to a fever. Is he or not? Yes. And he's not just a little nice chat. He's rebuking it. What does rebuke mean? Get out of here. Get out of here. Fever. That's a rebuke. And I I stopped and I thought, can a fever hear? And I read the next phrase. And it left her. I thought, yep. Fevers can hear. And then I got a real, I thought, hey, if fevers could hear, cancer can hear. Tumors can hear infections can hear oh come on are you listening and so many times people are begging and pleading when they ought to be rebuking this foul stuff so Jesus served her he ministered to her by rebuking this thing off of her and immediately she got up and served them oh come on can you see this there's revelation here she's laying there about dead delirious out of her head how no? She must have been healed. The Lord said, You foul fever, get off of her. Get out of her in Jesus' name. Now, friend, if you've never done that, you better learn how to do it. Oh, I just don't know. You better know, you better get to learning this. Your life could depend on it. Your baby's life could depend on it. Are you listening to me, friends? You can't be mousy about this stuff. If you listen, there are times in your life. That the Spirit of God will come up in you. And you know it ain't time to be mousy. And it ain't time to beg an unbelieving prayer. It's time to talk to this stuff. And command it to die and get out of their body. To get off of them. Because this ain't God doing this. You're not rebuking God. But man, he rebuked that. It left her. Just like that. She got up. She looked around. She said... Are y'all hungry? (laughs) Y'all sit down over there. And she ministered. She served. She waited. Oh, come on. Are you listening to this? She waited on them. Why were you healed? Why were you saved? Oh, somebody's getting a hold of this in this place today. You weren't healed so you could go sin. You weren't delivered so you could waste your life. So you could serve yourself. So you could chase a dollar. You were saved to serve. You were healed to serve. To attend to. To wait on. To help bring in what they need. Help deliver what they need. What a picture this paints. She gets up. She wipes off her brow. She goes, oh, I'm a mess. Sorry. Y'all look hungry to me. Peter, take the master in the room there. And you come here and help me. And you come here and help me. And she ministered to him. How did she minister? She waited on him some way. She served him some way. Didn't she? And the Lord did not say, oh, no, honey, you've been sick. (laughs) Lay back down. No, that's how it can come back on you. I said, that's how it can come back on you. And many have never learned this. You know, Phyllis and I had the privilege of being at Brother o Roberts' uh, memorial service uh, when he went home a while back. And uh, they, uh, Brother Richard, his son, talked about his miracle healing from tuberculosis again. I'd heard the story many times, but he... Uh, I don't remember hearing this part. name it, maybe I hadn't just slipped by me, but uh, when he was healed, he was tall and skin and bones, but the Lord healed him, he was bedfast, and the Lord healed him, and he's up walking around, but he was weak, and so he'd get weak and he'd come and, and lay down on the bed because he was so weak, and one day his mom came by there and she saw him, and she said, "Oh honey, uh, if you need to lay down, okay, but don't get under the covers. just stay dressed." Because it's the middle of the day. And lay down on top of the covers. Boy, when I heard it, I thought, oh, yes. Yes. And that's why we're talking about all these decades of ministry that God did through him for all these years. Why? See, his mother knew that in her spirit. By him crawling back under the covers, it was getting back into that sickness mentality. It was opening the door to let it come back on you. Oh, are y'all listening to me, friends? Do you hear what the Spirit is saying? What would she do? She was healed. And they didn't say, oh, honey, no, 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 no. You've been sick for days. No, they let her. They let her wait on them. Jesus knew she needed to. She needed to. She needed to use the grace that God had just given her to serve somebody. She needed to. And I don't have to know the rest of the story to know she kept her healing. Because that's how you do it. That's how you keep your healing. That's how you stay healed. Old friend. The Lord's helping us tonight. Go to the 8th chapter. You need to see this too. Chapter 8. Somebody say, I've been saved saved. to serve. serve." I've I've been healed to attend to. To wait on, wait on, to help. Yeah. Glory to God. Could there be a better use of your healing than to serve the saints? No. Luke 8 and verse 1. It came to pass afterward that Jesus went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Is he serving? How many believe he's dishing up some fine spiritual food? Isn't he? Just the very best it could be. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. This is both oppression and physical weaknesses and problems. Both. Mary called Magdalene out of whom went seven devils. How many know she was in a bad way? Let me just say something right here. Don't you believe all this junk that people have been saying and writing books and doing shows about Mary Magdalene. And supposed clandestine relationships with Jesus. That's disrespectful to Mary. And it is disrespectful to the Lord. If the Lord had wanted to get married, he'd have got married and he'd have told everybody. Are you listening? He's not a liar. He's not going to hide anything. This is blasphemous. It's disrespectful not just to the master. It's disrespectful to Mary too. Did she love the Lord? You better believe she loved the Lord. With all her heart, soul, mind and strength. She was a terrible mess. And he set her free. Glory to God. Was there anything off about the relationship? Not one thing. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? Mary, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stewart. And Susanna, and many others. Somebody say many. many. He just names a few that they would know. But many others. Now tell me. What, go back to the beginning of, of this verse. What about these women? They were healed. And delivered. Healed or delivered. Or healed and delivered both. From physical infirmities and diseases. Or demonic oppression. Even possession. They were healed and delivered, were they? Under the ministry of Jesus. And what they do? what they do? They ministered to Him of their substance. That's money. I said, that's money. That's stuff. Can you minister to people with money? Can you help people with money? Yes. Yes, many of them. The Bible talks about it's a spiritual principle that when God has used people to minister spiritual things to you you're supposed to minister back natural things. I know a lot of people don't like this and people have abused it and people have come on late night on television and prophesied money out of people's pockets into theirs with some of these verses but just because they're messed up doesn't change the beautiful holy truth. And it's just right. That when you've been delivered and saved and healed, that you ought to jump up and say, How can I help? (laughs) How can I help somebody else get this? What was Jesus doing? They're ministering to Him of their money and their stuff. What's He doing with it? He's going to the next town and preaching. He's going to the next place, right? He's doing things. They're helping Him get to others what they got themselves. Were they healed? To do what? Healed to minister. Were they delivered? Yes. Oh come on can you see this? This is stir you up at all. Yes. Glory to God. Say it out loud again. Stand up on your feet and say it out loud. Say it out loud I've been saved. I've been saved Save to serve. I've been, saved. I've, been I've been healed. Healed to serve. Healed to serve. I've, been I've been delivered. Delivered to serve. Oh, glory to God. Just close your eyes and lift your hands to Him a little bit here. For a moment, lift your hands, lift your voice. Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for healing me. I thank you for delivering me. And it's clearer to me than ever that I am saved so I can serve. I'm healed so I can serve. I'm delivered so I can serve. And I want to. I desire to. That's my heart. You don't have to beg me. I want to. I want to. I want to. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. Just close your eyes. Wait on him a few moments here. Lord, we want our lives to be a blessing to others. We say, here we are. Use us. Send us. Make us of of service to your people, to your works. Make us a blessing. Make us a help. Hallelujah. Glory to God.